Hi, uh, this is No Laugh Track, Acme Comedy's official podcast. My name's Justin Severson, and um, I'm joined by someone that uh, we've crossed paths, geez, five, six, seven, eight times in the last... 10 years. I was just going to say, yeah, that's a good guess. Yeah. yeah. And your like name is? No, kidding. It's Kostaki. I'm going to do it because I'm proud that I think I pronounced your name correctly. Right. Kostaki Economopolis. Perfect. Damn. Well, that's how I say it. I suppose it's debatable. And that'll do it for this week's episode. <laughs> just wanted to show off, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> All done. Kostaki's headlining here this week at Acme. We're sitting here on the stage right now. We got the couches out. And uh, the lights are dim. Yes, it's very romantic. Yep, I've had one drink. I'm working on a second one. <laughs> Great. <laughs> How was uh, you? But you've done two two nights this week so far. Yeah, it's Thursday. So you got uh, tonight two shows. Friday two shows. Saturday. Right. How's it been going? Love this place. Love, love, love it. Last night was one of those kind of really fun, like yay comedy kind of shows. Uh, <laughs> Tuesday was a little. I was a little off. They were a little strange. But but Acme. I mean, even when it's not that great it's pretty great it's like cold pizza here you know like even when it's like eh, the the bar is really high Mm -hmm. so the bottom of the range here is still like better than the ceiling of some other clubs yeah absolutely (laughs) so it's been a pleasure as always love this place do you have any idea how many times you've been on stage here you know what i actually told him in the intro He's been a regular here for 15 years, Holy and I, that is crap. not an exaggeration. That's crazy. I I came to this club and did a guest set when I lived in Atlanta because it was on my way to a gig. I drove from Atlanta to Grand Forks, North Dakota. And stopped here. And I stopped here and did a guest set. Wow. Tore it up for seven minutes. <laughs> they brought me back to do 25, 30, whatever. It was good. It was, I love this place. I've been coming here forever. Yeah. Now, where I, you weren't born in Greece, even though you have a Greek name. My dad's from Greece. My dad was born in Kalamata, grew up there, and came here for school, came on a Fulbright scholarship, and uh, literally took a boat across the Atlantic for two weeks. Wow. First thing he saw was a Statue of Liberty. Like, I have that. This is of, like a classic I know, uh, I know. immigrant story. And I just went and saw the Statue of Liberty with my mom and my kid and teared up at this whole... My mom kind of retold some of this again. I was like, wow. Wow. And my mom is like classic American, like from Pittsburgh, grew up in Florida, and like, you know, roots in like Daughters of the American Revolution, kind of like old school, like Pennsylvania American. Holy so I'm crap. exactly half and half. Yeah. Yeah. But you got the name, so you you know you got the synonymous, preposterously Greek name. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Can you give your 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 full name. It's Constantinos is the full legal name. Yeah. Christos Vasilis Economopoulos. <laughs> it's <Christ>. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what it, on your? Uh, I I almost want to ask you to show me your driver's license. Is there like a little like flap of paper to get your whole name on there? <laughs> that just folds over the back. I think it's got. I'll pull it out. I think it's got <laughs> Constantinos CV. I think is what it. They said. shorten it when I did. We well, can't put the whole name on here. It's ridiculous. But when I did. Uh, <laughs> When I did my master's thesis, I actually had the whole thing on there just for the kicks because it made me giggle. While you're looking that up, I'm going uh, to, you go, ask, yeah. let me see this. the CV, right. I think my passport's the same way. Oh, yeah. They don't even do the whole thing. Well, you can't do, you know. Did you ever think of going by Tino? You know what? Sometimes they go by Tinos or uh, Dino. You get sometimes Connie Costas is the go-to. Oh, yeah. I have a cousin who has the same name. He goes by Costis. We both wound up with sort of the boyish versions of our names. You know? Oh, okay. I'm Kostaiki, which is like little Costas. 
and he's Costis, which is kind of like a playful, kind of little boyish kind of name too. Yeah. And both we're both grown ups and haven't been able to outgrow it. So here we <laughs> yeah. it's like kids that go by Bobby. It is that, and then uh, you and, almost want to outgrow Bobby. But and then- now I'm running into that problem at airport security because I usually book tickets as Kostaki, and then my my ID says Constantinos, and they kind of furrow their brows, and I go, "It's sort of a Bill William thing." And usually I can escape with that. Oh, Bill, Willie. sure, sure. But yeah. once in a while, you know, we're we have gonna have to, to go talk about some stuff. We're gonna have to go <laughs> pat you down. Well, all my frequent flyer miles—they're all Kostaki, so it's yeah. like a big pain in the ass for me to like morph my world. I don't know. <laughs> where did uh, so you mentioned Pittsburgh, Atlanta, or where else? Where did you grow up? I'm mostly a Georgia boy. I grew up in suburban Atlanta most of my life. Yeah, I was born in Florida, and then. I'm mostly Atlanta and suburban Atlanta. And then, uh, yeah, then I went to the University of Georgia in Athens, which is like a big-ass college town, like 90 minutes away. Bulldogs. Yeah, Bulldogs. Ranked number six right now before a ball is snapped. There you go. I'll take it. Yeah. And then uh, I eventually went on the road and was driving all over the country for several years and then moved to L.A. for several years and now I've been in New York for four-ish. Oh, you live in New York now? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's the short version. Yeah, that is the real short version. I went to L.A. to become a comedy writer just as the reality boom hit. Oh, perfect timing. Great timing. Yeah. There was like 70 shows with now, 10 or 12 dudes, and they no, all honestly, went away. Though, don't, they, don't they hire writers for reality shows? Yes. I mean, because they're- a different thing. Yeah. Right? They, you definitely need people to form and set up and organize. And I, I worked a little bit on an MTV show that was kind of that kind of thing. But in terms of like 10 or 12 dudes hanging around in a room punching up a script, that's a different thing. Right, right, You know, those jobs, like most of those jobs disappeared. Yeah, the writing jobs and the acting jobs. As I was driving to L.A. Oh, no, oh, no. (laughs) Is there one show in in particular that you blame? Like The Real World, uh, Survivor, or... You know what? Those shows are fine. I, I understand the appeal of them. And actually, to be honest with you, I, I've grown tired in the last few years of the sitcom form. I don't, I don't find it compelling anymore. That doesn't mean there aren't some great ones. You know, Everybody Loves Raymond was a recent great show. Mm-hmm. And actually, sitcoms, in my, my humble opinion, it's one of the few things in life where the list of the 10 best and the list of the 10 most popular are almost the same list. If you go through... Almost. Like the, it's Simpsons, MASH, Cheers, Friends, mm-hmm. you know, Seinfeld, mm-hmm. Curb. Like, Cosby Show. Yeah, right. So it's it's like, it's amazing that it matches up so well. Like, people have good taste in sitcoms, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Except that people like the Big Bang Theory. Well, all right. And it's not my favorite show ever. But you wouldn't put that in a list of best of anything, actually. No, but it, it, that but dominates a, in ratings. But it's but, a perfectly good show. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I, I know. I'm sure it is. So anyway, TV gets a lot of shit for not being sort of, you know, for being a base medium. Yeah. But they've, you know, All in the Family and Mary Tyler Moore. And, How good you know, is All in the Family? There's some great sitcoms that have been done. So, you know, I... I it's not I but I have to say I'm tired of the form of it. So mm-hmm. I get why people move on to other things too cuz I I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just started watching uh my girlfriend got me into watching Weeds, which oh. is now like in its final final season. I like Weeds and Parenthood I love. Yeah. And uh and I'm st- I'm just started uh West Wing. <laughs> then that's been off the air for a I know, few years. I missed it. I saw maybe three episodes ever, and now I have like the first three seasons, and I don't have cable, so if I need some like television time, yeah. I'll just pop one in, 44 minutes, 
fucking fantastic writing yeah and directing the show's great i never got into that show but i take a look at it take man. A look it at is it. compelling i have a little bit of a human thing about weeds i have it's a sore point in my life because <clears throat> i was struggling with my ex at the time mm-hmm. and weeds was the only thing on television that we both loved oh and so we and because she's in the guild we ended up getting all the seasons and everything oh yeah and we had them like piled up yeah like, Here's a place that we can bond. I come back from the road. She comes back from a thing. We can hang and watch weeds together. Yeah. And one time I was away and she got depressed. She watched like 15 of them without me. And I was like, fuck you. That's the one thing. <laughs> so I haven't it? watched it since. Yeah. Oh, now okay. I'm just like, ah, fuck weeds. Fuck weeds. <laughs> it's not weeds fault. I'll sometime <laughs> come back to it again. But it's a sore point in my life. You know what's going to happen? Some someday you're going to run into Kevin Nealon like at a comedy club and just sock him right in the. You it's your fault. The the dude that I love that plays the crazy brother. I forget his name. Andy. But I hung with him at a party, and he's such a good. His, he's he's uh, yeah, Justin. Yes. Something. Yes. I remember because we have the same he's name. Great. And that character is is so compelling. Mm-hmm. He's such a great actor. Well, that's the thing. We've been going. So now we have. Or I have Netflix. So we've been going back and watching. Just the other night, we started watching the first, like the first season, the first episode. We've now I've seen like the first four episodes of the first season. But that's the thing; it's like the uh, the characters look, especially um, the sons, look so much younger. And I'm like, holy shit! I, right. I'm I've missed so much of the show. They're on like show, the seventh or eighth do. season they now. Have aged a and lot. Holy crap! These guys were like little right. kids when right. this. I, it just amazes me how far behind I am. And I said these kids were like, and the blonde kids like a surfer dude model now. You yeah, know? he's like a grown up. For yeah, sure. it, yeah. In these first right. couple episodes, he's like a little t- scrawny teen. It's yep. ridiculous. Right. I can't believe how much I've missed. But. That's funny, and and that's what's weird about meeting actors from television shows we know because they continue to age. After the show's off, but they're frozen in time for us. Yeah. And then when you meet them, you're like, oh, my God, 20 years have gone by since, you know, like you forget that these people, their lives continue on because in your head, they're frozen as whatever, you know. Unless you run into Emmanuel Lewis. He looks exa- he still looks like <laughs> exactly Webster. Exactly the same. <laughs> just, <laughs> you just put on a few pounds. Alex pretty- Harris, not so much. Oh, There's no. a reference for you. No, not so much. <laughs> He's not looking like his playing days. He's from a the- Greek. Is he? Yeah. Name all the kid. How many Greek uh, athletes can you name? You must know. <laughs> Greg Luganis. Period. I don't know. Is that it? <laughs> well, so, you came up with Alex Karras right away. Well, that's true. Uh, there's got to be another one. Well, there's James Laurinaitis. He's a linebacker for the, I think the Packers now. He's a great linebacker. That's a Greek name for sure. Well, I, I'm a sports nerd, much like I know that you are. Well, I'm a football nerd. I yeah. know nothing about the other sports. Oh, really? To, yeah, I, I know. People are astounded by that. But, I mean, literally. Like, last year, during the World Series, I wrote a joke that was about football that referenced the World Series. And I had to look up who was in it, because I did not know. Really? That's how little. I really have no clue about the other sports. Why just football? I, you know what? I just lo- I just loved it. I just always I was always drawn to it. And then about ten years ago, when I started playing fantasy, I just completely dove in and just a total stat nerd and fascinated by the story arcs. And To goes to this team, and this coach gets fired, and this guy tears his ACL. And like I love the soap opera and to see what happens with these guys. This guy signed a huge contract, but it was overrated. And this kid came out of nowhere, and he's making it. You know, yeah, like I, know. I just find it. There's to be, plenty. So fascinating. I love Hard Knocks, by the way, which I just saw yesterday for the first time this season. I haven't seen it yet this year. It's the fucking best documentary in the history of documentaries. Yeah. I, I know I'm biased because it's the one thing that I have like a crazy passion about, but it is so well done. If it was about 
Badminton. It would be interesting. It's just so well. It's so HBO. For people that don't know, tell say what that is exactly. It, every year they pick a NFL training camp to go to, and they do like I think it's five or six episodes once a week. That's sort of the arc of what happens in training camp. People getting caught. In it's the so interesting because there's yeah. for people who don't know, there's way more than the number of roster spots that they start with. Oh yeah, and so these kids are their dreams are failing. It before their eyes. Yeah. It's really like gut wrenching and it's inspirational and it's like people get injured and guys get breaks and guys put their guts into it and just aren't good enough. And what team are they doing this year? Which it's team? the Miami Dolphins. Miami so Dolphins. it's the Chad Johnson thing was this episode. It was him getting cut from the team and the the episode closes with him walking out the door. Sadly. Wow. It's wow. It's really like it's fucking great. They're yeah. always great. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the team is or what the – they always find the the rookie kids and their struggles and their hazing mm-hmm. and they, they have to sing in front and there's funny moments with the coaching and it's just so well done. It's just – it's such a great show. They did one a few years ago. I think it was the Cowboys – or, and then Baltimore sure. or Ravens, I the think. The Ravens was well. one of their famous ones early on. That was like a decade ago. It's amazing how long they've been doing it. Holy crap. And it's sort of bubbled up. And this month, it's on the cover of the HBO Guide in the hotel. So now it's become like a signature show. Yeah. But it's been around for a while. I, I haven't seen any of this one, but I know like last uh, winter leading up to the, uh, the – there's a sport called hockey – it's not football. <laughs> not interesting. Huh? What? Ice, sticks, I'm skates. from Atlanta. We build teams and then we send them away. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Atlanta Flames. Yes. Right? Wasn't that a right. team? When I was a kid, that was the team. Um, they uh, uh, they did the, HBO did a series on the uh, New, York, New York Rangers and the Philadelphia Flyers leading up to that New Year's e- or New Year's Day or whatever it was. Maybe it was a day after. In any case, that uh, that uh, outdoor classic game they played. Oh right, yeah. And they so they it was the same uh, idea. They followed the two teams and during the regular season though, leading up to this outdoor game uh, in Philadelphia, and I, it was fascinating. The He's seeing the coaches like scream at the players and the, right. like the, you know all the following the players home and how they deal with it and with their wives and their kids and like the, they followed them like to uh, Christmas they showed uh, right. this guy like from Minnesota uh, <clears throat> people uh, Marion Gabrick was a guy that played for the Wild and now he plays for the New York Rangers and they showed him like haggling over the price of a uh, Christmas tree in the <laughs> in Manhattan <laughs> that's funny. And then, Carrying it because uh, he doesn't have you know there's no car so he carries it over his shoulder back to his uh, hotel right. or apartment or wherever he lives. I've done that in New York. Really? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in fact, one year I bought it with the stand on it, and I just picked it up and walked with it like it was, you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're like you're carrying a, a carton of milk. Yeah, you would never see that here. <laughs> right? You never see that here. But see, that's what I like about those kind of shows. It's the it's the grace and intelligence that the show is done with and the behind the scenes. Like there's moments in hard knocks that you never see in any other, anything Mm. where they're literally in the quarterback's room or they're, you know, it's a linebackers meeting and they're fucking chewing them out or the moments where they're deciding whether or not to cut guys and they're showing those beats in the meetings. And then they show, then they show the cut moment where they're talking to the guy and like, look, we're not saying that you can't play football. We're just saying right now this isn't a good match, and we wish you luck, and we'll keep in touch. And if there's an injury, and you see that poor kid like walk out, and he's like, "Yeah, now, now what? Now yeah. I go work in my cousin's cleaners." Like, fuck. What are we going to do? Go play in Canada? Right. <laughs> it's just so. It's 
it's really great human drama. Anyway, so did you uh, did you play football? No. Are you a comedian that did any? Did you play sports? Any sports? I was. I was a. I was a very active soccer player for many years. I had a Greek dad, and you know, so I was into soccer. And then I had like pretty serious knee problems when I was in eighth grade, and I was kind of morphing into being a chess player anyway. So I just went. Full full bore into into the chess team. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was, wow. I was a really good chess player for for a while. We used to beat high school players. We had a really good middle school team. We went to nationals. Like imagine the whole country of chess teams. Our little school in Marietta, Georgia, came in thirteenth. No kidding. We were awesome. We just had a great coach, and so we all embraced it, and it was fun. It's good for my head. Searching for Bobby Fischer. Yes. One of your favorite movies. <laughs> it's a good movie. Actually. It is a good movie. <laughs> it is a good movie. So, yeah. So, I, you know. I skimped on a book report in, in uh, I don't know, college or high school, pretending I read the book Searching for Bobby Fischer when I actually just watched the movie. Oh, really? Does oh, it yeah. work? It's not different it worked. Enough? Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> for me, it worked. I don't know. I loved it. That, that guy uh, improved my life more than any other non-parent. Your chest... My chess coach was Mentor. awesome. He was it was just this retired Air Force dude who loved chess and kids and like donated so much time and guts and he was awesome. He just came to our school. He wasn't affiliated with the school. Oh like, really? And he built a chess team out of us. Do you think dumb people can play chess? Sure. Really? Sure, sure. Not as well. <laughs> 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 they might not have as much sort of excitement about it because it's not doesn't fit their strengths. Because but, yeah. if you asked me to play chess right now, I would say, how about checkers? <laughs> well, it is. I've gotten lazy about chess, too. I prefer poker because it has some of the trappings of chess without the hour and a half sort of arc to it. It's yeah. like little bursts of chess, right? It's like figure out this problem the best you can, and then there's a new problem in a minute that's completely unrelated. You yeah. know, like I kind of like that. But Do that's you- why I was drawn to poker because it has some of those chess factors. Where And the nerds win. That's the beauty of poker. Yeah. Where do you, go, where, where do you play poker? <clears throat> well, now I don't play much, but I almost quit my night job for my night job a few years back. I was gonna, I was making a lot more money playing cards than I was. Telling You're jokes. kidding? Yeah, so, I had no idea. Not a lot, but it was definitely like, yeah, it was like you were entering tournaments at. I was mostly playing online during the online heyday. Oh, and, and I could play. Yeah. I could go tell jokes and then come home and play. And I, a few times, I made more playing than joke telling and that was and i was just getting to be good at poker and i'd been good at comedy for years and i was like well obviously there's more money to be made in poker yeah if i'm good at both of these but i make more money doing this why the hell am i doing this? right and i'm still learning i'm still getting i still have a very steep learning curve with you know i'm still getting a lot better at poker no kidding yeah but then the world changed the the government cracked down and you know they chased the money out of the game and then a few years ago they really shut it down Last year, actually, they really shut it down. So that situation has dramatically changed. It's not really available in the way that it used to be. Is the uh, site you were using still exist? No. No. There's some talk of them coming back, but I, w- I was a big fan of Full Tilt. And I actually won a seat on to the World Series on a Full Tilt on the Full Tilt site for free. I played in a free roll and won a $10,000. Did you go and play? Yeah, 2008. I played. I made it into deep into day three. Get out of here. Yeah, I was like in the top 12% of the field. I, I beat most of the pros and everything. and then, But I didn't cash. Cashing was 10% that year. Really? Yeah. Holy was, crap. That was close. It was so cool. Where was that? It was in Vegas, I'm assuming. Yeah, it was, it was in Vegas. It's the 
it's funny. I've said this to a friend of mine. I go, it's the Super Bowl of poker. He goes, they already call it the World Series of poker. Like, <laughs> but that, but nobody gives a shit about the World Series. It's the su- it's the Super Bowl of poker. <laughs> you, have your, you have your championship games confused. It's not. You don't get it. It's the Stan. It's the World Cup. Yes, it's so much bigger than the World Series. It's the Winter Olympics of card play. But it really is ground zero of poker on the earth. In Vegas that month, is there's nothing like it. Yeah. And like wandering around all those faces that we know from television, all the books I've read, they're there. And you just walk up and you talk to them. And they're, you know, like I played against the guy who won the whole thing in like 93. It was at my table day one. He busted out like by the end of day one. Crazy. I had no idea. And I, Gus Hansen walked by and I go, Gus, I want a, I want a handshake. And he comes over, gives me a handshake. I go, your book is on my nightstand today. And he was like, oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, so good. Don't like, knock me out of the freaking tournament. It's cool. All the, you know, all your heroes in that little universe are there that's what's cool about poker like if you're a golf fan you cannot play with tiger woods right but if you're a poker fan and you have ten thousand dollars you can play with phil ivy sure you know what i mean the, the grill with phil you probably need is. more than ten thousand who's the guy there's the, who's the guy that wears hockey jerseys oh i don't know yeah there, i don't know his name either there's a guy that plays the worst hockey's a professional poker player where he wears like jerseys all the time. I've sort of faded from this thing lately because I just got so frustrated with what the, you know the land of the free. We're like the only you know progressive country that has outlawed poker. On it's ridiculous. Yeah. Do you even bother doing those tur- those things online that where you there's no money just to kind of no play for the hell of poker. It's People not, play differently when there's no money involved, right? No, it's differently is not a big enough word. Yeah. Like you can't. You, you could play for micro stakes, was, what, was the language in the poker universe. Like, you can play for pennies and nickels, mm-hmm. and that's fine. Mm-hmm. So it's not about this, the amount of money, but if you're playing for no money, it's not poker. Interesting. It's simply not poker, yeah. because you have to feel the sting of losing, otherwise it's not compelling. And you have to feel the joy of winning, otherwise you, you have to have the balance of, especially in No Limit, because it's such a beautiful art to it. You have to have that sort of scariness it has to have big stakes. Risk. It has to have risk. It doesn't have to have big stakes, but it has to have stakes Yeah, for your head. You can, you can have a beautiful game with your buddies for just like $10 total. Sure. But you have to have something invested, even if it's just bragging rights. And if you play for no money online, it's fucking faceless idiocy. Yeah. So no, those, yeah. Are, not, those are not interesting. No. Huh. God, that is interesting. Do you go to... Do you, do you go like just on your own to play like at a casino? Or? Yeah, actually, I, it's, it's very rare for me in my current life. We talked a little bit mm-hmm. off air about mm-hmm. our family lives, sure. But I had a weird thing. I had uh, a, a month, a month or two ago. I had my kid was out of town. I had no gig. I had no date. I had no like friend mandates. I had like, was just like fuck it. And I got on a bus. Uh, I got on a Greyhound bus. It's like $34 round trip to Atlantic City from Manhattan. And I just went for three days. Really? And I just played cards and slept. That's all I did for three days. And it was a fucking pleasure. I had headphones on. I was listening to podcasts. And I crushed it. It was like a pleasure. It was just fun to just escape into that world Oh, what a, a great... Just doing it by yourself, huh? Well, now I'm a little bit haunted because it's the life that I didn't have. Right? Sure, sure. I, I almost went to Vegas... And like I almost moved there to, to really tackle it. I was I actually had a plan, and then some things in my life changed. Right. 
Um, but I literally was going to do that and then do comedy from there and take a swing and see how it felt. And I didn't do it. So now I have that like, wow, that, what's that other life like that I didn't have? Well, you know, uh, let's see. How, how, old is, how old is your daughter again? Three and a half. Okay, so uh, 14 and a half years from now, you can go ahead and do that. Yeah, right? That's funny. <laughs> or 15 and a half, whatever it is. So that's funny. I've said this in other places, too. It's true. To me, the hard part about being a dad is not the day-to-day stuff. For me, that part's easier than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like diapers, I'm like, all right, it's a diaper, whatever, you know. Piece of cake. It really is not that terrible. No. Um, but the hard part about being a parent is you can't flake out and go to Vegas. For a month, for, for six months. You no. Can't, you can't backpack to New Zealand. And I wasn't doing those things anyway, but now I definitely fucking can't. Mm-hmm. And the weight of that is kind of repressing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Repressive? What's the name of the right word? I'll go with it. Yeah. No, I do know what you mean. Um, so for me, that's the hard part about being a parent, because I can't chase that weird little dream. No. That, that dream is beautiful, but it's soulless. You're in a dark room. There's no clocks. You're not really creating anything. You're moving money around. It's beautiful because it's strategies and the smart guys win. And if you have discipline and and forethought and do the homework, it's like it rewards you for being tedious and like good at learning things. So I like that part of it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have nearly the soul and the beauty that stand-up has. Who do you think... It's not creative. Uh, yeah, no, no I, I can see that. Do, who do you think you... Um, who do you, who would you enjoy spending time with more? Other poker players or other comedians? Oh, comedians by far. Really? Yeah. Why? Poker players, I mean, uh, pro poker players are an interesting, are a different cut than poker players, right? Poker players are kind of a grumbly pain in the ass bunch Mm -hmm. sometimes they're great and they're fun and you know there's a one thing i love about poker players there's a camaraderie and they're not mad at each other very much Mm -hmm. and even though it's a zero-sum game by its very definition they're not shitty with each other very often and they definitely don't blame the dealer for their misfortune in the way that blackjack players do yeah which is ridiculous so there's an intelligence to a poker player that doesn't happen in the rest of the casino, in my opinion. Yeah. there's It's a real strategy game. It's not a uh, let's flip a coin and see what happens and the house takes 5%. You know? mm-hmm. um, so I kind of like poker players for that, but they are kind of a grumbly, sort of gambly, pain in the ass lot at the mm-hmm. same time. Comics are sometimes tortured, but they're affable and they're interesting and they're brilliant and they're weird and they're dark and they're hilarious comics are a much better group as a generalization yeah <laughs> i have a feeling i'd have an easier time hosting this show than the uh let's see this one's called no laugh track uh i don't know what would that be uh <laughs> no rake yeah n- <laughs> no river i don't yeah, know right. <laughs> out before the river <laughs> yeah that would be that would be a less compelling conversation probably <laughs> on average <laughs> Well, because here you're spoiled. You get the best comics in the country are here. Are you kidding me? I couldn't be more grateful for this job. This is fucking awesome. Right? I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. You could be uh, could be doing a podcast at a much lesser club and love it a lot less. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Or or just interviewing my friends that think they're funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Did you uh, Did you have a different? Okay. Now you you just talked about that. 
<clears throat> you know, you considered doing the, uh, you know, playing cards as a career instead of, you know, doing comedy. Did you have a what would, did you have a job a real job before doing this? Well, my last I've had a few sort of short things. I've had a couple writing jobs. That's not that doesn't really count. You mean like in terms of outside of? Did the you show ever work in a universe? fast food? Did you ever wait tables? Did you ever work in a warehouse? In deliveries? High school, I, high school I worked at Blimpy. I made yeah. sandwiches. Um, and later, my only table waiting job was at Cracker Barrel. Okay, Very Southern food kind of. You know, comfort food kind of stuff. Very com- the definition of comfort. Food. I had a brown apron with a yellow cursive kastaki sewn into it. I couldn't have been any more fucking out of place in a southern restaurant. <laughs> Do you still have the shirt? I still have that apron because it was impossible. Or the apron. It was. <laughs> I think this is true. I think it was. They would send them away, and like a little old lady in West Virginia would sew all these because they were they were unevens, and it was oh. very like homey kind of. Yeah, and I could just imagine her like, "What is this name what? again?" No, this, yeah. no, this this has to be mistaken. <laughs> and then, so yeah, I've had a few. Uh, you know, I I worked construction a couple of really tough long summers. Really, those are good for me. Like. I laid sod, and then my grades got a lot fucking better after that. Yeah, like, no shit. I can't right? lay sod for no, nothing. This uh-uh. is too hard. Um, and then I was a, I was an RA in college, and then I. Oh, was you're a, one of those assholes. Yeah, I was, but I was cool. I was a super cool RA. I still have a lot of my best friends or guys on that hall still. Really? Oh, that's awesome. And then I was a TA. That was my last real job job. That's what, that was a lot of work. I was yeah. a teaching assistant for a poli sci class. Oh wow! So there would be. I went to a big ass university, so it was 325 kids in a lecture hall, and then once a week they would come to me, and I had 30 of them. At and you the would time. do your their homework for them. <laughs> so we would discuss discuss issues, and I graded all the papers and helped put together the. Did tests. you graduate? I did. I got a master's degree in political science, baby. Damn. So I can when I do my Obama jokes, I'm qualified. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean I don't know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'm a little rusty. I used to know a lot more than I know now. But I did save all my books because I was afraid I might, you know, I went on the road and I was like, well, I don't know if this is going to work, you know. And I still have them. <laughs> in a cardboard box somewhere. Some of them out. are outdated as mm-hmm. hell. And some of them are Aristotle, so those are not outdated. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> they haven't been outdated for... Thomas Hobbes. It's not outdated. That'll yeah. still be good. For centuries. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, I did. I did. You know what? I, in retrospect, I did just enough to know that I didn't want to do. You know, it was good for me to have regular jobs. You can't have none of them. And I'm actually worried about my own kid. You know, because her mom's got some money, and I want to make sure that my kid is not a kid of privilege. I want her to work at Blimpy or whatever that is for her. You know? <laughs> yeah, is Blimpy still like, and lay sod and whatever that is for her? You got to do that, otherwise you have no sense of what value is and where money comes from. Yeah. Oh, I never had that problem because we didn't, uh, thankfully, have much money. Me but, neither. Um, I was a kid of educators. You know. Yeah, my mom was a uh, or is still a nurse. My dad is now retired, and like I said, was a uh, public. St. Paul, Minnesota, public school teacher, right? Uh, a sub for many years, so you can imagine the money wasn't exactly right, you know, right. pouring in. Uh, I know I had my first job. How old are you when you had your first job? Well, when I before I could drive, I was working. I our house was number thirty one of two hundred in a in the like around a lake. So my first job was before I could even drive. I was working construction on the other houses. Like I would like walk to work when I was. I guess I was fifteen. 
and sweep out houses and build trash piles and deliver two by fours and, you know, schlep things. And I did all that stuff. That was kind of my first thing. Yeah. I did a couple summers of really hard work to buy my first car, you know, little Datsun 200 SX, $4,000, baby. Woo. It was a beautiful little car. You overpaid for it. <laughs> oh, wait, was it new? I'm sorry. No, it was not. <laughs> it was nice though. <laughs> Sunroof louvers, louvers. What? Louvers? Those little things in the back. Oh, in the back window. The back window, like the black slats that are sort I didn't of, even know there was a name for that. Yeah. What is it called? You used to see them on the old 280Zs. Louvers. Louvers. My buddy- is a fucking 80s reference for you. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> my, let's see, what, what year would this have been? My buddy and I, we were juniors in high school. Uh, we took our, our girlfriends to prom together. Uh-huh. And no one had, uh, you know, none of us had money. Not not me, him, our girlfriend. No one had money. So we, you know, most people, you know, splurge and get a limo for right. prom. Right. Well, we didn't because we didn't have money. So we washed up his dad's Mazda, I don't know, X, whatever the hell RX-7. it was. RX-7. Yeah, RX-7. That's a Louvers kind of car. Yes. We, we, we washed it and waxed it in the Mazda RX-7. That was a great, that was kind of a dream car of mine at the time. And this would have been like 1990. One, two, yeah, and that was our that was our pimp ride we took to That's prom. Awesome. I remember there was buzz about that car because it had a Wankel engine. It didn't have pistons. It had some rotary engine. It was very like cutting edge at the time, and it was like the the dream. It was kind of the low end sports car that was in within reach for a high school kid. It yeah, was, it was possible. Yeah, I never got there, but it now, was, I don't know what year that I had car my eye on that car would have been from, but it definitely had the uh, <laughs> the mini blinds or whatever they are in the back <laughs> mini blinds. <laughs> <laughs> the tilted uh, stationary mini blinds. Oh god, it brings back so many memories. I had I took a girl. Uh, I took a girl around. Oh, it's the dumbest girl I ever dated. Beautiful. <laughs> that was so not my type. I, I've I've dated a girl like that maybe twice in my life. I always have the opposite. The dumb mm-hmm. girls don't even see me because I'm. They, they don't. I don't. <laughs> If they don't appreciate what's happening in here, I got nothing. Tell me about it. So <laughs> come on, yeah, <laughs> tell me about believe it. Believe <laughs> me. But I remember, like, I was in the car with the louvers, and we—I remember this because we pulled up the hatchback and we laid down in the back, and we're looking up at the stars. And I go, "What? Just so, so many stars. It's just—I love the where some of the you know the stories where some of the constellations come from." And it was like a long pause, and she goes, "What are constellations?" I was Uh-oh. like, "Okay, I got it. This is ridiculous." <laughs> <laughs> but she had what, a 280Z. She let I, me drive around. That had louvers, too. She reply, Her reply was, you're having trouble pooping? <laughs> <laughs> she was uh, She was a nice girl. Where is she now? Oh, I don't know. Wait, it was a, I never, I, you know, we saw each other for a month, maybe. Do you, do you have any of those, the f- Facebook old girlfriends? Yeah, the Facebook's very handy, I find, when you're... Uh, when you you wind up single again after a while, right? Uh, <clears throat> yes. Sometimes, sometimes Kostaki, it leads you down a road where you become single. <laughs> I saw your face change when I said that. That's yeah, and then and then you become single, and then you can also use it to get dates as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. I, lo- I actually love Facebook for for that. Well, that's nice reason too. But I mean, for all the other reasons of finding characters that you haven't seen in a while and keeping up, and you know, just seeing pictures my mom took, and it's a great way to communicate and be connected. And 
I'm using it now. I'm, I'm starting. I want to be the meme monster. I want to push out football oriented memes. Yeah, let's talk about that because uh, I see those every day now. You're doing the. Well, go ahead. You just say what it is. Oh well, it's uh, it opened with my my girlfriend is awesome, and she saved my ass, and she's a she's a photographer and deals with you know graphic things for a living. Okay. And uh, I had this idea of build, building a meme for every team, you know, kind of like a every fake, NFL team, a fake slogan, right, for yep. each NFL team. And she was uh, she was just a beast at putting those together. It was really cool. So we, there's 32 of them up on Kostaki.com, and you can just go grab them and share them with your friends. So or, they are, you've done them all now. They're all there, yeah. Okay. But now going forward, I want this was kind of a kickoff to the season kind of thing. There's kind of a joke for each team or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I want to do you know like boom, there's a Chad Johnson picture and a Chad Johnson joke. I want it to be like, you know, I haven't quite built the form yet, mm-hmm. but that's what I'm. That's what I want to do. I want to. I want to find another way to push out. NFL joke content. This is sort of like uh, I talked with Josh Sneed a couple of weeks ago, and he uh, you know has his hand in this uh, T-shirt website that sells uh, you know like uh, funny T-shirts basically. Right. And uh, he and I were talking about that. It's sort of the same thing where he uh, they'll have uh, they'll put a T-shirt out. You know, if something in pop culture happens, they try to you know something that people are going to be talking about. He'll, oh. he'll try to they'll try to get a new T-shirt on his website that day. You wow. know, someone dies, boom, T-shirt. You know, wow. nostalgia T-shirt. Does it work? I I think I, I think his site is pretty successful. So good for him. Yeah, he's always been kind of a savvy go-getter type on these kind of things. Yeah, he and I had a great conversation about that stuff. It was right. very interesting. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. He, but yeah, it's not just him. You know, he's got a he's, uh, a team. I guess you could just say a very right. generic term saying he has a team working on these things. And well, I think that's really neat. And this, so then, like what you're doing, I think that's really great too. Is yeah, for me, know, get him out there as quick as you can. Right. So the yeah. So for me, the goal is. See, I love that. I love that. I love that comics are you know can build a little cottage industry that's not just stand up, mm-hmm. and that's what the modern comedy universe requires. You have to ultimately wind up in a place where they know you from something. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really embracing this sort of football joke cottage industry, you know, and I'm building it in radio and in a written form and the memes and the website and you know I'd like to have a blurb in ESPN the magazine and. You know, a, you know, Bleacher Report articles, and yeah. Huffington Post. Yes. And so I want it to be sort of the thing that people begin to know me for. Yeah. You know? Did I? I googled your name and it came up on Huffington Post. Did you do some work for them? I, I've done some football articles with okay. them. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to do this meme thing as an article. I think that's because one of the forms you can use is the slideshow. Yes. So it's perfect for that. Yes. You know, you can just I love the it. Huffington Post uh, slide uh, list thing. I use those quite often on the morning show because they have got the, they just sold Bleacher Report for two hundred million dollars. Do you know what that is? I do know what that is. Isn't that astounding that it's worth that? I that's news to me. And yes, it's crazy. So good for them. I that's shocking, uh, isn't it? Yeah. For those of you who don't know, it's basically the sports Huffington Post. Right? Yeah, so pretty they're, much. They're aggregating blogs is mm-hmm. essentially what it is. That's yeah, that's a good People way to say. People write it. content largely for free. Yeah. And then they bring eyeballs to a central location. Yeah. And it's it's amazing to me that that's worth so much money. Holy shit. Turner brought bought it. So, yeah. So, wow. So it's probably going to grow even further. Did so, you uh follow the Olympics? 
Yeah, I no, didn't actually. Just, just don't care, huh? I had a really unusual sequence of things that were going on for me personally during most of it, so I just didn't. And I don't currently have cable, and I was gone and traveling, and so I just I didn't really connect with it this time. I would see little bits of it here and there, but I don't know. No, nothing. I find it to be heartbreaking. Why? It's just it's so like you work for four years and then like. You know, you turn your ankle the day before and your dreams are over. You know, it just seems like it's one hundredth of a second. Now yeah, but you're, just as now many, you're in fourth instead of, you there's know. There's just as many of those sad stories as there are amazing. Uh, I know. And as I'm saying this, I recognize that I could frame it the same way when I watch Hard Knocks, but I don't mm-hmm. because I love it. So I, it's just a taste thing. I don't love the Olympics, but I see why people do. The, yeah. Some of the stories are so cool. Yeah. I agree. And I love the bigger picture of. Take a break from your international bullshit to all come together and have a game. You know? Oh, I thought you meant America stomping on everyone else. Well, no, but I have to say that's part of what I don't like about it because I always root for the underdog and my team is not the underdog. And so it's like, uh, that's you know what? That is a very good point. It's like I, it's hard for me to root for the monolith and whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate the Yankees. For I just, the same I, reason. <laughs> you just took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Fuck the Yankees. I don't even watch baseball, but I yeah. hate what the Yankees are. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if there are any listeners in New York, I love the Yankees. No, I do hate the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. Come on. How can I not? I have a buddy who loves the Yankees, but for the right reasons. Like, he's not from, he's not, but he grew up and is, you know, like his dad and the, you know, like. That's fine. That, I agree. That's fine. So that's fine. That's fine. But Don't... liking them because they're the, they step on everybody and they have yeah. the most money and yeah. they always win. Like, fuck you. The big market and the. I, I hate all that stuff about them. Uh, let's see. So Atlanta Falcons? Yes. Is that your team then? That's my team. Yeah. And of course I have uh, several fantasy teams and that's why I care even more about that. Yeah, do you? <laughs> so total How man. many leagues are you going to be in this year? This year, four. Four. I, I, the most I've done is three. Same here. And it, last year I cut back to two because okay. three was too many. Three is too many and I'll never do it again. I'm I, going back to two. Yeah. I've done two for several years in a row and I'm never going back to three. It's I, too much. You end up... Holy, we're getting super nerdy, which yeah, happens a lot on this podcast. You rooting against your own interests. You, yes. You're, right. you're like, okay, this guy's beating me here and he's helping me here. Right. Well, now you're, now you're even. You dug a hole and then you filled it up. I, you... <laughs> well, what's the sense? <coughs> that is a beautiful metaphor. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No, I know, but it's, I have a professional reason for the two that I'm adding. One of them is the station I call in Atlanta every week. So okay. they have a league. Yeah. All those DJs that I'm on every week with. So it's I have to do that. It's yeah, too fun. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, some New York comedy buddies are starting a league, which is so cool. I, I know. I just I, love that. And I'll tell you, when I when I did have to cut one out, it, it's tough because yeah, you're thinking like it's a great way to bond with your buddy, bond with your buddies, or you know, you just get to know people better than maybe you don't know that well you know it's i lo- i enjoy the shit talking online or in person on the dr- at the draft if you happen to you know get to do it in per you know right in person yeah that's at a location cool. uh so that is tough because it is you know it's uh besides playing d-league softball it's the closest thing you know i really do to any sort of competition these days you know? right yeah that's true me the, too i guess the smack talk and that it's type so of shit. fun yeah. it's such a great way to and it's head to head. So that week you get to fuck with Jeff and the next week Chad and the next week Denny, you know, like I love that aspect of it. Yep. And there's a whole season arc and then playoffs and things are, you know, trends and the guy has no chance and somehow he wins four in a row and he's right back in it. Like it's just a, it's such a fun thing. Yeah. 
it's like stocks and but but it's a fun thing to follow instead of just a number on a board. Yeah, you get to no watch thanks. the dude play mm-hmm. that you're rooting for mm-hmm. or against. Yeah. I uh, love it. I can't wait for it to start again. Yeah. Uh, how about, okay, here we are in Minnesota. You're a Falcons <laughs> fan. I'm a Vikings fan. Oh, yeah. A little touchy about that. Yeah. The one great team you had and we yeah. fucked up your dreams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. I was there. We were talking before the show, and it's come up a little bit on the show here. I've I've worked at the Metrodome, where the uh, where the Twins used to play, and the Vikings still play for a few more years until their new stadium is built. Right. Uh, I've worked there since 1991, so I That's started amazing. working there right before the uh, when the Twins went to their second uh, when they. Just a few weeks before they won their second World Series. Mm. Oh, who did they beat that year? Let me see. Ah. Oh, that's right, the Atlanta Braves. That was some. Wasn't there some crazy controversy with lifting someone off first oh, base? Oh well, something? I, you know, you, some could make that argument. <laughs> I don't know. Some meathead first baseman. That's right, Kent Herbeck, another a Minnesotan, born and bred, just like me. That's right. Come on, give me some points for knowing that shit. That's pretty good. Do you that- remember the player that he uh, lifted off the base? No, I just no. have a mental image of that. Ron Gant. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, I remember and uh, last, now the Twins play in their new stadium, Target Field, which, you know, we're not too far from right here at Acme. Right. You can see it when you just walk like, about a block away from here. Um, they gave away a bobblehead doll uh, <laughs> or bobblehead statue, I guess you'd call it, last uh, season at Twins games. And it was... It was Kent Herbeck and Ron Gant of him, like, you know, taking really? him and sort of off the base. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's great. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. So they've embraced Still it. Still milking that. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. Yeah. So what year was that Vikings year? That was Randy Moss's that first That was 98. Year? He was, was a rookie? 1998, yes. Randy Moss's first year. Wow. Mm-hmm. That team was amazing. It was amazing. They were setting all sorts of records, kicking oh. ass, lost one game to the regular season to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that because it was the one game I bet on that year with a friend of mine, and I lost 50 bucks on it. And uh, yeah. and that was the year the Falcons went to the Super Bowl and got crushed by John Elway? Dirty Birds. Yeah. Wow. Elway. I, you know what I associate with that? This is a weird anecdote. The day before, I played in a... Oh, it was that day. It was the day of that Super Bowl because the Super Bowl is like dinner time. That afternoon, I played in a uh, a flag football game with a bunch of gung ho uh, knuckleheads who were associated with the Comedy Zone in Charlotte. I happened mm-hmm. to be working that club. Yeah, and uh, they were like really into it. It was a tradition. They would do it every Super Bowl Sunday before the Super Bowl. And so I went to play with them, and they had like one of them. One team had like fucking playbooks. They had like. Settle down. Laminated Settle down now. And literally like flags, and they were so into it. Yeah. So I was on the line over and over and over again. I finally talked to Brad Greenberg, who was kind of this pain in the ass, uh, jackass sort of character in the club universe for years. Okay. And like really, you know, I don't speak ill of people, but people really hated him, and I understood why. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh... Uh, Brad was the quarterback of my team, and I talked him into letting me be a wideout. Yeah. So I go deep. The ball's in the air. It's one of those like you know, like <laughs> pee wee moments where I can see the ball wobbling towards me, and I'm this there. is my chance. This is my chance. I'm not exaggerating. It bounces off of my face, and my glasses go flying. Oh yeah. And uh, immediately, <laughs> immediately back to the line. You know. As someone that also wears glasses, there's no. It, 
It's embarrassing enough to get hit in the face ever, but then when you get hit in the face and your glasses fall off. Oh, there's no recovery. There's no recovery. It's awful. You're the biggest dork ever. Oh. Yeah. That's what I remember about the Falcon Super Bowl. <laughs> then they is, lost by 40 or whatever is, it was. Is, uh, yeah. Is, uh, your, your memory is doing that, uh, you know, the blind man <laughs> reach on the ground. <laughs> Here where, they are. Where are my glasses? Like, uh, so sad. Like the kid from A Christmas Story. <laughs> <laughs> well, that story, if you don't mind me saying, is the perfect example of what sometimes happens in football. The best team will beat the lesser team, well, I don't know. 70% of the time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes 30% happens. Oh, absolutely. If there's 30% chance of rain, you can't be surprised if you get wet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that lesser Falcons team beat the better Vikings team yeah. and then went on and then got their asses kicked in the Super Bowl. They had no business being in the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, They were one of those sort of Cinderella fluke teams that everything fell their way. This uh, <clears throat> this isn't the first time we've the Denver Broncos have come up on this podcast because uh, Phil Palisol was on the oh, second episode. I love me some Phil Palisol. Yeah, what a great guy, very funny. And I did uh, Aspen with him this year. I really like that guy. Yeah, he's yeah. People should check out Phil. Listen to that episode. Go see him. Buy his shit. He's great. Really, I agree. really great guy. And uh, something came up about because he's from Colorado, right? And and I was like, oh, are you a football fan? Pulls up his pant leg. Has a freaking number seven for John Elway <laughs> tattooed on his leg. Did you know, know that? that? No, I didn't yeah. know that. He has a number seven tattooed that's on his leg. That's hilarious. Yeah. And that's my like second favorite team. So, uh, <laughs> so w- when my team lost to your Atlanta Falcons and then got beat by my my uh, savior, my Messiah, John yes. Elway at the time. Yeah, I, I hear you. That was great. I understand. The only time I. Uh Ever saw a game in Denver? It was the Falcons playing the Broncos, and it was in Vic's heyday, and it was Halloween night. It was a night game on Halloween. Oh wow! And it was fucking great. The Falcons crushed them. Vic was—I was in the nosebleed seats, but even from that distance, you could just see like this guy is a different speed of everyone else on the field. It was amazing. Yeah, I, you- I, I like football. <laughs> I like football. I like. That's football. okay. It's fun. Can you? Do you remember any off the top of your head here? Some of your. Uh- New slogan? What do you want? It? What are you calling it? Slogans? Well, it's uh, like well, they don't have slogans, so they're suggested team slogans. Suggested team slogans. Yeah, do you know, well, uh, remember let's any? Let's see. Uh, the Redskins. Uh, our last winning season was fourteen ninety one. Okay, I haven't seen that one. <laughs> yeah, they're all there. There's thirty two of them. Uh, the Vikings are. Um, you think long division is tough? Look at this division. Yeah, there you go. Right, <laughs> I like that. This one. division is brutal. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I, uh, let's see. The what was the? Uh, uh, there's one that references the Browns. Oh, the Browns. Um, just good enough to avoid a great draft pick. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. So true. They're always like the the third worst team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> over and over and over again. Um, the Bills I like. Uh, what was the Bills? That's who the Vikings play uh, tomorrow night here uh, in town. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, good luck, Vikings. Yeah. A lot of hopes resting on one knee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who do you want to depend on more, uh, Adrian Peterson's knee or Christian Ponder's arm? Yeah. That's a tough... Yeah, what's the Bills? Um, you think our climate is cold? Check out our Super Bowl record. Yes, I just saw that one today. I like, that's a good one. That's a good one. So they're fun. Each mm-hmm. one, so they're often digs at the team. You know, what, what are my Falcons? There were several. I had to narrow it down. I think I finally went with um, 
Uh, like a porno. Great receivers, no protection. hey <laughs> <laughs> And these are all on your website, kostaki.com. Yeah, they're right? all there. Share them around. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I you post them on Facebook. Yeah, I do. That's and Twitter. I'm just trying to get them out there into the universe and hope they're kind of reshared. And Yeah. I just want to fill the world full of football laughter. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Pete Lee was on last week on the uh, podcast here, and he's working for the NFL. He's doing a TV show for the NFL Network. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you about it. You better, you're going to have to go back. i got to kiss Pete Lee's ass you're now? You're going to have to go back and listen to that, last week's episode if you want to know what Pete Lee's doing with the NFL Network. That's I will do that. But uh, he's getting a paycheck from there doing some TV shows. I can, I, it's hard for me. We have to explain what's happening to the on-air listeners. You're pulling I, out a Playboy magazine. Yeah, people who have heard uh, an episode know that uh, from time to time I bust out the Playboys. <laughs> this is sort of a, uh, before we get to this, I do have, because here's what's coming. I like to go to the 20 questions. Playboy, if, as you know, all too well. <laughs> it's been a while. But Each yeah. month they do a uh, 20 questions with uh, You're ask me the 20 a, questions. a celebrity. Not, well, not 20 questions. I just pick out a few. So these, obviously, questions have nothing to do with you. So I'm putting you on the spot. This week's are questions that were posed to the country singer George Jones, who oh, is sure. near death right now. These are going to be relatable. Uh, from November of 1999. So we'll get to that in a second, but I have one. That's more. your Playboy from November '99. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and look pulled. who's on the cover. It says uh, the the headline here for uh, the next president? Question mark Jesse the interview Ventura. That's hilarious. Well, we won't be going there. We're gonna. Do, I'm gonna pull a couple questions from the George Jones interview, but I do want to ask you one question. I like to ask people. If I say, "What was your worst show ever?" Which one comes to mind right away? The one that comes to mind right away was uh, Jasper, Alabama. Uh, when I first started, I was from from Atlanta, so I used to drive to like one nighters. And for those of you who don't know what that means, they're gigs that are in places that shouldn't have comedy. Yeah, <laughs> like so, uh, yeah, of like locally here, it would be like a um, JB, like a bar, basically. Yeah, JB's, you know, pizza shack, pork roast, and fuck, you know, fucking drinkery, whatever. Yeah, exactly. So Tuesday night was comedy night. So they had a dart tournament that night, and. So they moved the stage from the regular setup area to accommodate the dart players. And they put us on the stage overlooking the dance floor, but there were no tables and chairs in the dance floor. Hmm. So nobody was in front of us. There was like a, a giant rectangle where there should be a crowd with not one person. Oh, no. And we're standing there telling jokes to no one. And oh. there were a couple of people on either side of the dance floor kind of paying attention was there music playing at this time as well? No, or did they actually was, give you the mic? No, but there was a dart tournament. So I would do a setup to a joke and something would happen in the dart tournament and all those guys would go, whoa! Oh, hey! And then the seven or eight people who were kind of paying attention would turn and look down there. Oh, no. That was fucking awful. And that was two weeks ago. <laughs> Sadly, that was last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hopefully you graduate out of those gigs as fast as you can. Yeah. But, you know, that's what you trade. I wasn't funny yet, yeah. and the gigs weren't good yet, so sure. we earned each other. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. You know what I mean? The, yeah. Those gigs gave me the chops to get good. and uh, If that was now, you'd be like, fuck you, I'm out of here. And I was giving them something when they had nothing. So that was the trade, right? That's a good point. Freaking dart players. <laughs> it's time to get to the 20 questions, but 20 is too much, so we'll just go with a few of them. These are questions to George Jones from 1999. <laughs> When you added pills and cocaine to the drinking, <laughs> things got much worse. 
Much of the anecdotes in your book from time uh, from that time are heartbreaking, but some are also funny. Like the time you incorrectly decided Porter Wagner was after Tammy Wynette, then your wife. So you grabbed him by the penis at a urinal in the Grand Ole Opry and said, <laughs> I want to see what Tammy's so proud of. You caused him to pee on himself in a sequined suit. But the most amazing thing is he forgave you. Why did so many people forgive you for the terrible ways you treated them during those years, Kostaki? I will have to say that I've had the opposite sort of situation. I have been such a puss with drink. I, one time in Pensacola, I drank a couple beers with some buddies who were visiting before the show, and I was a mess. Like yeah. I literally repeated a joke. Uh, not knowing it. Oh, no. During the set. Oh, no. Way less funny the second time. <laughs> Especially when it's not ironically done. Right. Like, literally just, like, going into it again. Wait, where'd you go? <laughs> so I just, I've never done, I've never gotten fucked up and done professional stuff. It's just awful. No penis touching. I do have a quick anecdote that is that story, though. Yeah, I, go ahead. Andy Andrist. Okay. He's a comic who's come through here. Very funny dude. I did the Seattle competition with him a million years ago when Hedberg won it. So he went out with uh, Augie Smith and just got plastered before the show. And he did a 10-minute set, and he did the same thing. He literally repeated a joke, unbeknownst to him, in the middle. Of, and then I went on right after him, and I opened with that joke. <laughs> that that was time. one of the biggest laughs I've ever gotten in my career. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Th- so, that, was the, that was the definition of a three-beat. Really? <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Right. Hilarious. Not funny at all. Hilarious again. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Kostaki, tell people where they can find you online. Well, all the things, the memes and the Twitter and the Facebook and my schedule and my iTunes links and clips of me and pictures and everything are all at Kostaki.com. Yeah, you're on Twitter. I'm on Twitter, at Funny Kostaki. Uh, thank you very much for hanging out here. It's my pleasure, this. man. Yeah, this has been fun. This was, it's uh, Tim Harmston going to be uh, joining me next.